You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Moses had to come to a point in his life where he had to make a decision. He had to make the same decision at whatever point in his parents' life they made to put their faith in the God of Israel. Now, he had to make that step of faith, and thank God he did. He came to the realization, I'm not of the family of Pharaoh, I'm of the family of faith. And he made some choices. Now, I could do a message on each one of these points on the choices he made, but first he made a choice to sacrifice the riches of Egypt for the riches of heaven. As believers, each and every one of us first began our journey by making the decision to put our faith in Christ. After making that decision, we then live a life in pursuit of the kingdom of heaven while leaving behind the things of this world. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on the life and journey of Moses, who both made the decision to put his faith in God and forsake his life in Egypt. In his study, you'll learn that while some of us sacrifice more than others, all of us are called to abandon the things of the flesh. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus, chapter 2, with today's edition of The Living Word. Moses came to a realization, and here's the realization he came to. When he grew up, he realized, I'm not of the family of Pharaoh. I'm of the family of faith. His parents had faith in the God of Israel. We read the first verse, by faith Moses' parents hid him. They did that by faith in the God of Israel. And God providentially provided for their child because of their faith. Are you with me? But their faith wouldn't get Moses where they're headed. No, Moses had to come to a point in his life where he had to make a decision. He had to make the same decision at whatever point in his parents' life they made to put their faith in the God of Israel. Now, he had to make that step of faith, and thank God he did. He came to the realization, I'm not of the family of Pharaoh, I'm of the family of faith, and he made some choices. Now, I could do a message on each one of these points on the choices he made, but first he made a choice to sacrifice the riches of Egypt for the riches of heaven, and that was a good choice. Jesus said, listen, Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? You know, you get everything you want in this life, and this life's going to end. And what do you got after that? What do you got? So he sacrificed the riches of Egypt, but he also sacrificed uh, in the sense of he suffered. He suffered. He chose to identify himself with a group of people that got him persecuted and suffering in his life. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, hey, if you're a Christian, don't you suffer as a murderer, a thief, you know, a meddler. But if you suffer as a Christian, because you're a Christian, And that's who you're identified with. Hey, don't be ashamed. Praise God, you bear that name. Paul said in Romans 8, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings aren't even worth comparing with the glories that would be revealed in us. Now, we could spend a lot more time on those, but I felt very led to spend most of my time on this last point. And we read it in the text in Hebrews 11. Moses persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He'd never seen God face to face, but he had faith in God through all of his life. After making that initial step of faith and following in the heritage of his family. By the way, by the way, you're here today, your parents, Christians, they're not going to get you into heaven. 
You, you by now, you know, you're grown up enough. Now you need to make your own decision. You're going you're gonna to follow where they're headed? I pray you do. And even if you don't have parents who are of the heritage of faith, guess what? You can start a heritage on your own life and for your own family. I mean, you can start today. <laughs> I love it. Abraham started. He left Ur of the Chaldeans. He was a f- pagan idolater. And look at the heritage he's left behind. One of my favorite characters that we'll get to in just a few weeks in Hebrews 11 is Rahab. Remember Rahab, the prostitute? She's there in Jericho. That's where she lives, and she's a prostitute. And when Israel comes into the land, she puts her faith in the God of Israel. She takes that step of faith, and now she is saved, if you will. And what a heritage she's left behind. I'm not going to get off on it right now, but let me just uh, whet your appetite for Rahab in just a few weeks. She becomes a Christian, if you will, and then she ends up joining the people of Israel. She marries a man named Salmon, a great prince in Israel. They have a child, Boaz, who also is a great man. And through their lineage, guess what? Uh, Through their lineage, a man named Jesse is born. And then guess who is born to a man named Jesse? A young lad named David who becomes the greatest king Israel has ever known. And his great, great grandmother is a prostitute named Rahab. What a story. Can't wait to get there, but not today. Moses persevered in faith. What did he persevere through? Well, I'll tell you the first thing he persevered through, and that is tremendous failure, great failure. He failed. He failed. Acts 7, let me read you just one verse in Acts chapter 7 that gives us uh, new insight added to the story about Moses. Acts chapter 7, verse 25, Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. In other words, when he goes out and he kills the Egyptian, he kills the Egyptian, but he's got a calling on his life. He knows God's called him to be a deliverer. After he makes that step of faith, he, he believes, okay, God's going to use me now to deliver Israel. But he makes this terrible blunder by trying to deliver them in the arm of the flesh because he's grown up in Pharaoh's household. He's powerful in speech and action. And he thinks, well, I'm the guy, you know, I'll go and get it done. But he makes a terrible mistake. Tremendous failure. I don't know if you've ever really let this sink in. Moses, this great man of the Bible, in trying to do the will of God, thinking he's doing the right thing, he becomes, listen, a murderer. He's a murderer. You talk about failure. If he lived in our day and in this culture, he'd be in the slammer, maybe for the rest of his life. He was a murderer. He failed greatly. You read Exodus, and it says when the Hebrew said, who made you rule and judge over us? Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? It says Moses was afraid because he now knows somebody else knows he killed the Egyptian. And yet Hebrews 11, we read that when he fled to go to Midian, the desert, he didn't leave because he feared the king's anger. He was afraid because he thought, man, somebody knows, but he didn't run out of fear. So why did he run? I'm going to suggest to you he ran uh, because he was frustrated and he's disappointed. And I could even put up here, he's probably depressed. What does he name his first child? Even though he's married now, and even though he has his first child, what does he name his first kid? Gershom. 
I'm an alien in a foreign land. You could, you could paraphrase that another way. You could say, here's what Moses was thinking. Here's his mental and emotional state. Even as a married man having his first child, I am not in the will of God. I am not where God wants me and God intended me to be. And it's my own fault. It's my own fault. He's got to be, he's got to have feelings of depression. But he's exactly where he needs to be for God to deal with him. And to deal with his failure. What caused the failure? Well, just simply the flesh. Is it the flesh? It's his own natural thinking and his own ability to do something, and, and he failed. It was the flesh. And now, on the backside of the desert, here's what God does. For 40 years, he purges the flesh out of Moses. 40 years. Oh, God, I pray it don't take that long. For us. And yet it's a lifelong process. I don't know if you I don't know if you think of the question that I think of forty years of flesh purging. Uh, but here's what one of the things I think of, why did it take so long? God, why did it take so long? And the only thing you can surmise is Moses had a lot of flesh need to be purged. It was thick. Hey again, he grew up in, in the palace of Pharaoh. He grew up powerful in speech and action. He was, uh, he was a man that was used to giving orders, not taking them. He was a man used to getting his way, okay, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's why it took 40 years. But after the 40 years, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, here's what it declares. After that 40-year backside desert flesh-purging experience, here's what it says very simply. Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. He's a different man. And after 40 years of flesh purging, Exodus chapter 3. Oh, man. Look at this. Look at this. 40 years later, verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. The angel of the Lord, when it says the angel, not an angel, the angel, that's Christ before he became the baby and the man Jesus. This is God in the Old Testament. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in the book of Hebrews next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray for us also. We want to continue following God's plan for this program no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, 
and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to The Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from the message of the Bible. That does incur some costs, however, so if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to an end of our time with you today. We pray that God continues to bless you as you study His Word and open your heart to His unending love and grace. Thanks again for tuning in today to The Living Word.